today's episode, I chat with my friend Victoria. She's a teacher of business and economics, and she's also a yoga teacher. She's doing some pretty incredible things at the moment, bringing yoga into the school curriculum. And she's also just written a book on business for beginners. Make sure to go and follow her on Instagram at Vibe with Victoria Yoga. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to the Well Wisdom Community. I'm your host, Claire, and this is the podcast where we pull apart ideas, beliefs, conditioning, and concepts rampaging their way through the New Age spiritual community. We dive into the shadowy depths of conscious parenting and how real that work truly is. We're going on wild escapades into the realms of being a millennial, what does it mean to be human in these fucked up times, what's coronavirus, 5D, or 5G. So, join us while we explore all of these questions, talk to some rad humans, and dissect humanity. All right, so I guess jumping in, do you want to kind of just like tell us a bit about yourself and who you are? Who am I? The great question. Um, Yeah, so my name is Victoria Fraser. And I am a secondary school teacher is my primary job that I do um, my usual Monday to Friday. But on top of that, I'm also yoga teacher um, and I dabble inside projects all the time. Um, yeah, so recently moved into the teaching arena from working in financial accounting and account management. Um, but my soul was very unhappy there. so. Hence the transition through yoga teaching and then into school teaching. So that's what occupies my time these days. Awesome. And what about like your kind of your your soul's like what sets your soul on fire in terms of like as teaching? Is this like this is it for you? This is what you're born to do. Yeah, I really went through a deep process um, when I was a teenager. I was so unhappy, and every day I used to come home from work when I was working in an office and I remember just sitting out on the balcony and I had this apartment in Melbourne and like it was great on paper from outsiders looking in my life was great there's really nothing wrong with it and I remember just like every day pondering this question like there's got to be more to life like I cannot surely just do this this is this can't be it you know like I don't know if I'd seen like all these visions of what life could be when you're super young and then you just grow up and the expectations that is like well below those visions. But um, yeah, I remember just being really stuck in this, what the hell am I here for phase? Yeah. Um, and I guess that came from a lot of like trauma through my childhood or teenage years. And it made me realize the value of life. And so it can't be wasted. Yeah. And so like this... I felt like, I guess it was pressure. Like if I die tomorrow, what's, what am I going to be happy about? Mm. And yeah, I think that's really, it does actually not, I think it does stem from that. And that led into like this amazing self-discovery journey. Uh, Like everything. I just remember that classic saying of diving into the rabbit hole. It started, I was already into sort of yoga and meditation, but not, really it was more like a physical practice um but yeah it started I guess through that and then 
philosophy, um, documentaries, spirituality, energy work, alternative medicines, health, wellness, like every, everything you can possibly imagine. I just consumed all this information. And I've always been a learner. I love learning. Um, so that was awesome. But it actually confused me more because now I had opened out this whole new world that I never thought existed. And I was like, what is this? How are all these people around me unaware of all this amazing information? Right. And, I went, and then, yeah, I went through this phase of wanting to talk about it with somebody because I had just learned and I was so excited and it was so amazing. But no one seemed to know what I was talking about. And if I did, it was sort of like woohoo or like, whoa, cut it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was hard to sort of, and you get that, you can gauge that real easily from people. Yeah. Um, just from those basic conversations. Um, yeah, so I guess that's sort of where it all started and you just start learning more and more about yourself and who you are and what drives you and what your core beliefs are and values. And uh, I don't really know what happened. I just hit massive lows, to be honest. Hit some real massive lows. Lost my best friend, lost my job, was homeless um, in Melbourne. and abusing my body <laughs> and yeah I had to hit really rock bottom lows and cried like no tomorrow I think I like yeah I was pretty close to like I remember reading one of my past diaries and I look back now and I'm like wow this was quite a suicide letter <laughs> yeah. um and then yeah my parents just I think they just saw how down I was and bought me a ticket home and kind of just had to rebuild my life up again. So one step at a time, here I am. <laughs> Long Amazing. story short, yeah. So what drew you to going, like, the teaching route specifically? Well, after I came back to New Zealand, I checked myself into Avipashna um, silent meditation and so yeah 10 days of silent meditation and I just I think I I really knew I had to turn my life around but it's that catch-22 and you're sort of stuck in one way you know you should do something else but you're not going to do it anyway mm. and I think I needed to really just take away the environment take away my normal environment and like force myself into this really hard situation to sort of squeeze it out of me um so yeah I did that best and worst time of my life I must admit simultaneously it was sort of you know went in there super excited yeah I'm gonna come out enlightened and this is gonna <laughs> solve everything and, you know all those big hopes and dreams um so yeah day one and two were pretty cool and day three I think it was just I don't know what happened. I guess it was sort of the detox day when everything comes out. Um, not so much oh, physically, like your hips are swollen, your knees are swollen, your back's aching, you know, 10 hours a day of sitting cross-legged, meditating, you go a bit crazy. But um, third night, I literally thought I was going to die. I just like could not it was more like the visions I was having, like really demonic, like murder scene sort of visions. And no matter if I had my eyes opened or closed, it was still there. Wow. And 
I don't know, I think I remember looking at the clock because you're not allowed your phone or any books or anything. So all you have is like a side alarm bed table clock thing. I don't know what time I was. It was after midnight and I was still rolling around and like bawling my eyes out and just seeing all these horrible, horrible visions. I've never seen it anything like that in my life. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this is it. This is my death. Like I'm not I'm not gonna get out of this. And I don't know what happened, but next thing it's 4.30 and they're ringing the dong. Um, so 4.30 was like the time we got up. So I got through the night and I remember waking up thinking, holy fuck, I'm alive. And just so grateful to be alive, to see the sunlight, to see the environment, to see other people and to like feel my body. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm alive. And it's a really strange feeling and it sounds really ridiculous. But, yeah, the next day wasn't easy, but I definitely had a newfound love for just living. Um, So, anyway, during this this, um, passionate experience, you have a lot of realisations and a lot of things come up. But one of the most profound things was that, I was walking around the track that you're allowed to slowly walk around and I just had this teacher voice in my head and I remember thinking oh my god I'm a teacher that's it and it was just like I was so happy you're not allowed to talk and I was trying to like muffle my scream it was just like this hallelujah moment oh my god (laughs) yeah so and I remember, and I've always, and I was so into yoga because it helped me so much. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a yoga teacher and a school teacher. <laughs> and I swear to God, that's how it all came about. And yeah, I remember just when I got out of the the passionate on the last day, you you'll, um, you'll socialize and talk about your experiences. And I, I remember just telling everybody, changing careers, I'm going to be a yoga teacher and a school teacher. And they're like, well, what are you now? And I'm like, oh, I work in account, um, um, in account management. And I was like, wow, okay, you had some, you had some big realizations. <laughs> um, but honestly, that was, that was uh, January 2016. And, yeah, I haven't looked back since. And I had to go back to uni. I had to start again. But for it doesn't really seem that long ago when I put it in that contact but yeah three years um has definitely changed my life around yeah wow that's incredible oh my gosh and so what made you kind of like because you are a high school teacher right so you teach what topics yes yeah so i teach um students aged 14 to about 18 so that's traditionally um year 10 to year 13 or um, what do we call it? We called it fourth form to seventh form. Right. Um, and I teach the subject of business and economics and financial literacy and now yoga this year. So started off just teaching what I was initially trained in. So I came from that background, business background. Um, so those, because I had that knowledge, that's what I could teach in the secondary school side of things. Um, which was handy. Like I am passionate about business and to take it, to move from working in a business and then teaching business is so different and it's so much more fulfilling because I've been 
there in a business experiencing what works, what doesn't work, you know, being that young person amongst mostly older people. And so now going back into the education system and bringing a whole new twist on what business and economics is to this age group of students because I know when they move into the workforce, they're going to need these skills. They need to see it from this viewpoint, not the viewpoint that I was taught. Mm. And it's, and I guess because of my own awareness and yeah, just the learnings throughout the time, I, I do take a different approach to my teaching, <laughs> not so traditional, but um, it's been great. And it's so fulfilling. Like every day I'm so grateful to just, yeah be amongst these beautiful people and just help shape their brains <laughs> that's Love so it. amazing so how do you kind of like balance like this these two sides of like being quite logical analytical business finance kind of expertise with that side of you that's really creative and spiritual and like I know that you're into astrology and um those energy updates and things of like what's happening on the planet with like the ascension at this time and all of that stuff that's going on um Mm. how do you kind of marry those two together in your life in a way that makes sense Mm. and this is a really interesting question because I also ask myself how the heck am I going to bring these two things together because I did do the whole yoga teacher thing for a whole year and that's all I did whilst I was re-studying to be a teacher. And that was my passion. I truly was so into everything, you know, yoga and wellness and well-being and spirituality and energy and everything like that. But what I realized during that time is we can't be in separation from the two, they, they actually have to come together somehow. And even if we are awakened or spiritual, whatever you want to call it or name it, the biggest thing you can do if you are really conscious about spirituality or awareness or energy or thoughts, the biggest challenge you actually can get through instead of isolating yourself in a community that is all of that, like it's beautiful to be surrounded by those people all the time, but you actually increase your consciousness. If you can take that, all of that, and put it into this old system and still be that way, that's the biggest challenge. And, (laughs) And if you, it's amazing because how can they operate in isolation? They actually can't. What, we need to do is bring them together and get rid of the segmentation and bring it into integration and so I think this is where I had quite a big shift in my own perception was actually I don't have to just be a yoga teacher I can still utilize all my business experience and all my knowledge that I you know had for years um but I can bring conscious awareness and spirituality and energy into that. That's where the shift happened in my mind. And so even though I teach business and finance and financial capabilities and we look at the economy and it is a little bit about capitalism, I still bring in conscious awareness. You know, where do you spend your money? Is what you spend your money on putting value back into your body, back into the economy, back into those households, back into those producers? 
are you voting the right way with your money? And all it is is just conscious awareness. So even though they look like on paper that they're separate, they're really not. What mm. happens is that they need to be they need to be brought together. And I think that this is just my opinion, but if we do bring those two things together, I think there will be less of a divide between these two main groups of people that we seem to have um, in society, whether they're very capitalist orientated or very business driven. But then we've got a beautiful group of people as well that are very purpose driven, very conscious, very aware, and that's fine. Both are actually right. There's no right or wrong. Why don't we bring them together? Mm. Why can't they operate together <laughs> as one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that there's, there's purpose for everything. So that's really, yeah, I just, I bring them together by still having that conscious awareness and actually wanting to, my passion is to change the way that business is perceived and mm how spirituality and awareness and consciousness is perceived. And I somehow have to do that every day. That's <laughs> just <is>. great. <laughs> that is incredible. Oh, so much, so much in that resounds like so true for even my experience of like being a parent and mm. that um, it's so the groundwork. It's so like that really in it, like, busyness, um, real reality, high demands on you constantly. And like, you know, like real, like, I guess you could take the term mundane, but it's just Mm. like these things that like need to be done and they have to be done to, for the world to run. Mm. And you have to somehow, when you have opened yourself up to connecting with a higher, a higher source, higher energy, like whatever it is that you want to label it, when you do make that connection to expanding your conscious awareness to that, the fact that there is more than just those things and then bringing that into, into that existence as well. Like Mm. it is, it's very much like we are not here to just be spiritual beings. We are not here to Mm. just be meditating all the time and to be traveling off to other dimensions in our third eye. And like, we're here to have the human experience. And a part of that is bringing that awareness into the, I guess it's like bringing that light into the dark, into the density, into the, the realm of human denseness that we exist in because we chose Mm. this. Absolutely. And a great analogy that just came to mind as you were talking through that is, you know, you can't build a house without the foundations. If we want to bring like heaven to earth, we've got to start from the bottom and build ourselves up. And so everything that we do, (laughs) like everything that we do, right, we've got to start with the foundations. It starts with those basic needs. We need a house, we need shelter, we need love, we need care, we need to work on our physical body, we need food, etc. And then once we get all that sorted, then you start really looking at that, the soft skills, the interpersonal skills, more of the deeper personality things. Who am I? What am I here for? What strengths do I bring to the world? And then that develops into this, you know, the next level of consciousness somewhat. You start looking at the greater, the greater things in life and then looking at how you react to certain things and how you can really bring all of those together and then start bringing the, maybe perhaps the lower, denser vibrational things that you talked about 
start seeing them with a higher vibrational outlook and then mm. everything lifts simultaneously. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel yes. Like that's somewhat. Yeah. Like if we're, and it's not to say that up or down is better than or less than it's more just, it's more deep. I feel it's a different, it's not up or down. It's breadth, you know, it's wider vision or it's, more broader knowledge perhaps consolidating itself like one little thought at a time mm, yeah absolutely and that kind of um when you were talking about that building the foundation really reminded me of um have you read that book the um seven habits of highly effective people yes i have many years ago <laughs> not so sure if i good. finished it to be honest it's like uh, really like I, I haven't finished it. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> um, I do this all the time. Start books, have a pile of books that I've started. <laughs> yeah. I've got like five books that I'm in the process of at the moment. I'm the same. I'm notorious for that. I just like have so many interests that to yeah, stick to yeah. one thing. is like, <laughs> like my brain just can't do it. I have to be like learning so many things at once. <laughs> but I also feel like, sorry to go off on a tangent, but I feel like you're, need to read different things at different like we we change constantly every single moment so what you read this moment is what you need for this moment and then what you need for tomorrow day or tomorrow night you need to read that for that moment exactly like that's how I feel about it anyway (laughs) that is so true and I seriously I feel like I've been I've been in that um kind of trying to come to that, that terms with that as well because I'm like yes okay I'm reading this book and I really want to read it because I'm really interested in it but then I'm like crap my toddler is now changed and I now need to learn new skills for handling her discipline uh, so I have to like read a parenting book right now but I'm in the midst of like learning about releasing trauma from the body and <laughs> I'm so stressed with this I need to learn some new skills about centering myself and <laughs> It's just, it's all at once. It's simultaneous. It can be a vicious cycle, but I think you just need to actually not think about it and just do what feels right in every moment. And then you'll be managing to step forward no matter what. That is so true. So I was thinking like that foundation building and um, yeah, in this book of the seven habits for highly effective people I talk about the importance of like building the foundation of your character before you kind of mm. go into the the higher realms of these like positive thinking and um and manifesting and like all of these kind of buzzwords that we have about creating this other world and how actually having a good character is like the most and and that's like the foundation of all things of all success in life because all Mm. success is built off relationships and you can't Mm -hmm. have good relationships unless you have a good character like are a good person yeah Yeah. so where was I even going with that I don't know why that came through but (laughs) yeah it's definitely and this is what I've noticed as well particularly perhaps in the education system a bit more but um, all these aspects around us in life, if we really, if we really, if we break down life, you know, we've got these different sectors. We've got our physical body, our mental body, our emotional side. We've got intellectual brain. We've got the social aspect. We've got the environment. We've got finance. We've got, what else do we have? Occupational. We've got academic. 
So we've got all these different dimensions in our lives and they all seem to somewhat have to operate interchangeably and that's great. But what happens is that we focus so much externally on getting all these different dimensions in a row or in right order or at this point or whatever it might be. We're so driven or focused on achieving those that we actually don't know what's driving it from the inside because we haven't done the work within us first. So how could you possibly get to go? How could you possibly get to where you want to go if you don't know where you are? Like what's, you can't, it's, you know, if we're sitting on a roadmap, if we look at a roadmap, you don't just drive aimlessly nowhere and expect to end up in Wellington, you know, you need to actually know where you are first so that you know how to get to Wellington or wherever it might be. So yeah, I think it's really, really important. And I stress this to my students all the time, even on the simplest tasks, it could be, this is where we're going in class. We need to achieve this or look at this, or you need to learn this. And this is where we're at now. So what do we need to do to move from here to get to there? And then you just break it down step by step, step by step, step by step. Hey, this mammoth task, which looks like a mammoth task, but you just actually break it down into these small bite-sized pieces. And every day you take a little step of progress forward and that's fine. And then once you know yourself, you can actually somewhat accelerate that path. Because mm -hmm. if you know what gets you from A to B quicker, well then awesome. <laughs> you implement it and you've become a lot more efficient, a lot more effective. Like it's really knowing yourself is where the magic happens first yeah so i that is like 100 percent, and i have like two thoughts on that so the first one is i feel like i've recently come to that in my own life about um that understanding that you can't get to somewhere or whatever without first taking those steps of knowing yourself and where you're going and getting the experience and and actually this has been something quite um prevalent among the topic of like people being kind of like experts in something or like having um a position of like <clears throat> teaching but from the, the aspect of like being like a life coach or something right mm -hmm. so it's like how like because of the climate i guess that we live in where there's like quite a big drive for like millennials to be entrepreneurs and having mm. these really successful businesses and being these experts and all of the marketing is like focused around like positioning yourself as an expert in your field mm -hmm. but i did come to this realization recently when i'm like thinking how can i try to do this for my own business and that kind of thing and having like this kind of like like what's the word um existential crisis of being like how can i possibly be an expert in something when i haven't like lived i haven't done enough done of mm. i haven't done enough of the living and finding out who i am and how i relate to that and all that kind of thing to get myself to that point but mm. yet there's this weird expectation that when you're in your like 20s and 30s that we're supposed to have these big thriving successful businesses or be able to be experts and to to have you know xyz and like that type of thing and then like have that floating in the air over here on the other hand i was also thinking of as well at what point in a child's life 
can they be taught those skills of identifying themselves? And should that be something that's like we're taught, that we learn in school? Like if mm. the whole point of school is about going out into the world and navigating, creating and living in the climate and either creating a business or working for a business, but having the skills to be able to get from A to B. Mm-hmm. But we need that foundation first of knowing ourselves. I know. It's Catch-22. This is my dilemma <laughs> every day in the classroom. <laughs> every day um I feel oh yeah there's so much in that question okay I'll start with to when you when we talk about being an expert in something that the expertise come from having done something numerous times and knowing many different outcomes and your expertise is just in having a broader knowledge base really and moving through those different variables um so over time we all become experts in something if you make a piece of peanut butter toast every day you're going to be an expert in making peanut butter toast because you know at what temperature you know to get the perfect toast or (laughs) whatever it might be Um, but then it's so it's that repetition of an activity over a period of time that makes you an expert in something so that's all it is so i i think the expertise thing we just i think there's so much emphasis on this this like these days to be an expert and be an entrepreneur and be this and be that you know what why don't you just be you? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Why don't you just be oh, you? Oh, drop the mic. That's it. Interview over. That's everything you need to know, people. It's just be you. It's it. Just be you. And I always teach my children. Like my children. <laughs> I call them my children. My students. Um, <laughs> I don't have children. So I have a team. I've got a hundred. But um, they. I'm very clear about business when I'm talking about teaching business or economics or whatever it might be quite often the goal is for profits like a lot of our work and content we learn about is around profit making a business is only successful if they're profitable which is all well and good we know that money makes our economy turn and that is a very 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 crucial point of the economy not disregarding that but what I said to them is that sometimes what's more powerful than making profits is actually the passion and the purpose behind it. And if that is driving your business, the profits will come naturally because no matter what happens in your business, you'll always be so passionate to be, that passion will drive your resilience. It will, if your business crashes and falls, but you're so passionate on your vision and your mission in this world, You'll find a way to make it happen. That's what resilience is. You'll, you'll problem solve. You'll see another opportunity. And that's what entrepreneurship is. So instead of trying to be an entrepreneur, why don't you just be passionate and let the passion drive drive you? And then you'll see the opportunities and then recognize an opportunity and taking action on it is entrepreneurship. So again, instead of focusing on the outcome, Focus on who you are and what you stand for, and then you'll naturally unfold that path. And then, back to being an expert, the more times you do that, voila, you can now write expert after your name, if you really want. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So I really feel, yeah, I really feel like passion does drive everything, and it's hard because I've been in that space where I don't know what the fuck I'm passionate about. 
what am I passionate about? I don't know. Like I've been in that space before. I know now, but it's because I've done the work. I've done the work to uncover all the layers of who I am and what I love and what drives me. Um, so I do, I understand how people get into this phase of life where the only thing that matters is money or social status or, you know, having a house or whatever it might be. Those are all really good goals. Don't get me wrong, but make sure the passion's there too. So do you think that because you said you did that work in order to find what it is that you're passionate about, but there was that really like, you know, dark and deep time that you had to go through to find that. Mm. Do you think that that's kind of necessary for everyone or is there a way to like negate that by bringing in tools at an earlier age where people can have the opportunity to find what it is they're passionate about? Absolutely. Um, you know, if I walked into my classroom and said, right, I'm going to make you all suffer just so you can find your passion and know who you are. Like, not a really good strategy. Um, but instead, the way I think about it is I can equip these students with tools and techniques that they can build up this amazing tool belt of self-care, of knowledge, of tips, of techniques and tools and whatever it might be. But because it's inevitable that in life that you are going to hit a phase where it's hard and it's shit and you're down and you're in a dark space, you're done, you hate life. Um, so I'm hoping, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm hoping that what we do try and equip our students with these days, and it's not just me, but there's so many teachers out there that are very passionate, that we are equip equipping our students with this beautiful tool belt that, they might use it, they might never use it, but they've got something to fall back onto to help them manage X, Y, or Z. Um, and then hopefully if we can actually prevent them getting there, that's even better. If we can teach them who they are and what they need to know, or we can't, you can't tell somebody what they need to know, but again, it's coming from experience. So you can, the things that we do in the classroom it comes from experience. So if I knew who I was a bit sooner on, I might have avoided X, Y, Z. So, you know, if I implement that and it works for some and it doesn't work for some, it's still a better success rate than none. So, yeah, there's definitely that prevention method um, absolutely in place. And I think in our today's, especially in today's climate, it's more than ever. Um, it's very, it's very, very at the forefront of, a lot of people's minds yeah mm. yeah absolutely and I feel like in a way like paradoxically we require to go through those those times those deep dark times where we really um confront the the depths of ourselves and discover things like our passion and purpose and everything because in a way it's from that place we draw up um mm. what it is that we're here for and and how and it like you know makes you more passionate to give people those tools because you've been there and you've been through it and I feel like that's kind of part of the evolution that's happening right now is that life doesn't negate people from suffering, but with our own kind of emotional awareness and consciousness expanding, if we can pass down better tools such to navigate those times, mm -hmm. that hopefully they kind of absolutely can happen quicker in a sort of smoother way. And yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. And at the end of the day, um, if, whether you look at this from a spiritual point of view or a non-spiritual point of view or whatever you want to call it, you know, the soul is going to go through the lessons that the soul needs to go through. So even if I equipped my students with this beautiful toolkit, they still might go through a real shitty time for something um, to like learn that lesson. And also another side of this is I might be sharing all this knowledge or teachings or whatever it might be, but they might not be in a place to hear it yet. Mm. They might not receive what I'm trying to say. Therefore, it's ineffective anyway. So, you know, like it's going to land differently on different people. And that's the really juggling point of everyone in the world really is when you say something with these words and these actions, You've got your own perception of how you are presenting them out onto somebody and in the world, but Mm -hmm. they are going to receive those differently based on their level of consciousness and they're going to land differently on whatever it might be as well. Yeah. So again, that is, it's really hard to marry it up equally because it's so based on two different people's perceptions at the end of the day. And two different people have different levels of consciousness. And there's so many other factors amongst all of that. So mm. it's oh, it's so hard, but it's like, it's definitely what keeps me, me awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> how can I minimize? Uh, how, or it's not even minimize. How can I enhance, yeah, the self-awareness in my classroom? Mm. But you know what? Teaching how to deep breathe, teaching them 10 deep breaths lowers whatever it might be, your anger, your frustration, mm. whatever, you know, um, and explaining the science behind it. And then who knows, if they get into a fight <laughs> later in years or whatever it might be, they might just remember, oh, yeah, deep breaths. Miss mm. Fraser told me to breathe into my belly, you know, <laughs> and even if that happens, I will, I will be happy. Mm. So you don't know if you don't try, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of takes me into um, something I so want to discuss about how this time is impacting students right now, like kids, you know, all ages having to now try and like learn from home where they're not Mm. getting access to, like they are getting access to their teachers, obviously through like online learning, but talk about like how that is kind of changed for you, what difference you're noticing and like what kind of impact you think this might be having on students kind of being at home with their families all the time. And, you know, it's a very big discussion, um, that topic alone, but essentially there's pros and cons to it all. I've got personally some students who are flying through the work they're so self-determined they've emailed me all their notes they've done all these questions and these practice questions you know they're self-driven they they don't have the distractions of school to get the work done they've just got the work done and that's fine and you know those types of people um I don't know if types is the right word but there's people that have just been so resilient to the the climate that we're in and just focused on keeping their vibration high whether they know it or not mm. they're powered through they've just focused on what they can control because there's always these things in our life that we don't have control over mm. but you know what our thoughts we can control our actions we can control and they've successfully 
propelled those in the right area of continuing to build themselves up and learn what they need to learn. So that's amazing. There's, I've got a big group of students in that, um, that sector and I'm extremely proud of them, to be honest. What's hard though is not having the face-to-face interactions because, as you know, um, human contact is extremely important and even just talking to somebody face-to-face, you can pick up a lot of just their body language, their energy, the tone of their voice, their expressions on their face. And so from a teaching perspective, quite often you get um, you get students who are like, oh, yeah, I know, you know, you ask a question, do you understand X, Y, Z? Yeah, 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 yeah. But when you're in the classroom and they say, yeah, 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 you know that it's a no, 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 based on like their energy and their body language and the tone of their voice. So you subconsciously just, you know, oh, I'll just re-go over the topic then. So, you, you know, in the classroom, that's easy to do, to pick up, pick up on what's been understood. What's hard is online learning is you don't have that contact to actually understand or see their body language or understand their energy or whatever it might be. So you literally have to go by the words that they're saying and that's really difficult because deep down there's surely got to be students that are struggling but without seeing them or you know looking at how they're interacting with others and just that human behavior it's really hard to know what they need Mm. um so that's hard and then you've got like you said students who actually can't access online classes at all um maybe they're you know got students living in houses that are I don't know they might not even have internet access they've got family and other younger siblings to look after they've got their elders to look after schooling is not in their priority right now um so we've got a lot of families in that sector too um and then you know unfortunately students get bored and they get into trouble and they rebel and they sneak out and do xyz and there's students that are doing that too so it's a broad range of behaviors that are coming through but at the end of the day, um, there's not one strategy on how to manage it. And, you know, the, the, the generation that's coming through the schooling system now are really quite unique in terms of what they have to go through. You know, this is history. This has never happened before in history. And they're going to some way, I don't know how or, or what, they will have a competitive advantage over others for going through this and it could be resilience it could be the skills to adapt to any situation quickly it could be a different way of doing something they could see an opportunity who knows there's there's definitely going to be a new wave of people coming through that have seen the world through a different lens Mm. and therefore they'll see the world in a different lens all the way through yes um who knows what that is though right mm. so it's it's hard to say it's really hard to say but we just have to keep keep moving forward keep working on what's working um and keep helping others and bending down lifting people up wherever we can yeah yeah i feel like that is totally to just 
two ways to be seeing the situation right now. And it's either that it's at a detriment that they're losing the socialization, they're losing that face-to-face contact, they are not able to learn, they're not accessing the resources they need, etc. Or you could look at it from that way and what a unique life experience they're going through, how, how it's going to impact their perspective, the time that they get to spend with their family, the time that they get to spend and maybe um, deep reflection with themselves, which they potentially might, mm. might not ever make time for when they're in the busyness of getting to school, after school activities, going home, doing homework, doing chores and not actually having any time during the day for stillness. That is such a gift that mm. these children are experiencing so much boredom right now and so much invention is born from boredom oh amazing it's been amazing hasn't it to see what even you know just what people are coming up with is incredible <laughs> i absolutely love it and that is again like you said the beauty of this introspection is the biggest gift we could possibly give ourselves because it goes all the way back to what we were talking about earlier know thyself right mm. And without introspection, how can you know thyself? And we've been forced into this introspection phase. And, you know, yes, there's been a lot. I feel like there's personally, from my point of view, there's been quite a divide in the way that society has reacted in terms of we've got the group that are quite like pushback, fearful, protesting, negative mindsets. Fear. Yeah, driven, you know, those sort of like victimhood type mentalities. And then there's that the other group of people that are like, fuck yeah, let's like use this time, do this project, work on myself, work on my body, work on that project, write that book I never, you know, started, <laughs> finish that project I never started, ring that person I haven't talked to. Oh yeah, let's just hang out with family. Let's just enjoy nature. Let's meditate. Let's read. Let's talk and just be. There's all of these beautiful things coming to light um, that we never did because our society was so driven by this masculine energy of do, 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 do that we forgot about this beautiful feminine energy of just be, 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 and let's calm and let's breathe. And, Mm. oh, the breath. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, from my perspective, I've just sort of seen these two groups i suppose overall um but again we all we all need to go through what we need to go through and it's everybody's choice we've all got free will and yeah hopefully people can just see both sides though totally so just to kind of wrap up i'm so super interested to know like from your perspective with how things are seemingly unfolding the amount of uncertainty the all different kinds of conspiracy theories and all the kinds of like spiritual updates and the all kinds of new changes in the way that we're doing things what do you feel like is coming next and what do you think that you're bringing out into the world yourself from this time of Mm. like deep change Deep questions. All right. Um, <laughs> I wish I had a glass ball and could tell the future. But <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a change on many levels coming out of this um, cr- 
crisis in terms on a physical, um, a personal physical level. I think a lot of people have now got health at the forefront of their minds and some, a lot of people didn't really think about their health or didn't see it as a necessity perhaps. Um, so I think that's going to be a huge increase forward and that's health, physical body, mental body, intellectual body, you know, all of those levels I think have now been very, very highlighted around um, the importance of, of them in our lives. On a society level, I feel like it's going to be a lot more connection between groups of people and perhaps more localized economies and we start supporting each other in a bit more of a kind and compassionate way based on the fact that different you know businesses have had to go all these different changes and they've had to let people go and there's been redundancies and losses of income and profits and yes money makes the world go round but I think people are going to realize that deeper purpose of life and perhaps come together a bit more to support each other. Um, and I think seeing, you know, we don't need those shoes from China perhaps, but we might um, look to see who can we support in our local town. Um, and it might even just be more, it could be anything, food, the local farmer's market, op shopping a bit more. People are going to be a bit more careful with their money based on the, the economic circumstances, but that's going to have a positive impact on the way that people spend their money because mm. it goes back to the way that they, you know, our money is how we vote in the world. It's essentially, it's the energy exchange. Yeah. Um, and then on a global level, there'll be lots of, there'll be lots of negativity as well in terms of, without global trade that's going to have huge impacts on many workers many countries many poorer communities um so that's i think that will be hard because you know the the factory in whatever country um if they close down because they're not sending their goods now overseas that's going to be really really hard for that family to make an income and they're already like low socio-economical income earners anyway so yeah, positive, negative, <laughs> um, but I feel compassion will really take a rise and a step forward over capitalism. Hopefully, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, and it's yeah. always it's always that, isn't there? Like, I mean, we do live on Earth, which is a dimension of duality and polarity. Mm. So there always is both, and neither is good or bad. It is just what it is yeah exactly right and so we must just step forward and have this higher perspective at all times and that is such a <laughs> great way to to wrap that up so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and it's been really really good to dive into some of that stuff it's um definitely a lot of the stuff I was kind of, you know, on that wavelength as well, but you just really word it in such an articulate way that's just like, yeah, yeah, like I totally get that. <laughs> oh, no, thank you for having me. It's been a really beautiful experience. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you wanted to head over to iTunes and leave a rating. This will really help me in being discovered by more like-minded humans. If you want to uh, see some more, you can follow me over on Instagram and Facebook at WellWisdomNZ. Until next time, fellow humans.